1: Welcome to the Baseball Insiders joining you on this beautiful Tuesday. I am Adam Weinerb alongside fanside MLB insider Robert Murray. The pieces are moving Justin Turner to Toronto, Hector Naris to Chicago, Reese Hoskins to Milwaukee. The Mariners and Twins pulled up a blockbuster trade last night, and yet we're all still waiting on Scott Boris's Big Four to finish off the offseason with a bang. Robert, thanks for joining me as always Uh to a chat that appears to be Cubs centric today. And the Cubs commenters, one of them said, let's make this a Cubs chat. Uh, Spoiler alert for that commenter. It's always a Cubs chat. It,
2: it is always a Cubs chat, especially when we got Jacob in there talking about the Cubs and asking me if, if Jed Hoyer is sleeping. And I mean, as we've, as, as we've seen lately, he's definitely not sleeping, but uh, the market continues to kind of churn a little bit. It's just a very strange market. I've had so many different people um, message me, like throughout baseball, whether it's agents or whether it's executives, saying that they can't quite remember a market like this. But here we are, and we've got a couple more things to talk about. Some stuff is 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 churning. I can give you that much. Uh, and here to break it all down is Adam Weinrib. How are you doing, good sir?
1: i'm doing good uh you seem to be doing well uh i uh i needed a, i think i needed this action i think i needed this weekend of action i think i needed some of the rumor mill stuff that we got uh throughout the week it looks like the yankees are probably donezo after losing out on hector neris but i think that's okay and so shout out to uh our commenters know some of you from the discord would love to see some more of you hang out there with us we've obviously got a Information uh, that we'd uh, love to share on the show, and we'd love to talk to you guys in there as well. As always, we also want to give you a special offer from DraftKings today. DraftKings is offering a fantastic sign-up bonus for new users. You can place a five-dollar first bet on anything to instantly claim one hundred fifty dollars in bonus bets. You will also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. The best part is that you will receive both rewards even if your first bet loses. When you join DraftKings, make sure to sign up with our code BASEBALLINSIDER. Using our code BASEBALLINSIDER not only gets you these great bonuses, but it directly supports the podcast. That's us. That's Robert and I. That's your boys. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use the code BASEBALLINSIDER to maximize your first bets and parlays. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Appreciate you all joining us on stream today. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to turn your notifications on so you know when there's going to be a show. It should be Mondays, Thursdays, 3.30 Eastern. But thanks, all of you, for sticking with us, showing up today. And, Robert, we're going to do our best to clarify some of the rumors that have yet to materialize and discuss some of the moves that did go down, but unshockingly, Scott Bawarri's big quadrant, Cody Bellinger, Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, Matt Chapman, still unmoved at this point in time, and it's getting late, early. The next show we do will be literally February, so...
2: Yeah, it's been. If you've been watching this this podcast, or if you've been following along in the Discord, you have heard me consistently say it is going to be quite a while until the Boers Big Four have will go off the market. And did I necessarily expect it to go this long? Probably not. But I think we can say that for the for the most part, for a lot of these free agents. And my indication or my inclination is that. Like this could drag on for a little while longer yet. And it's it's starting to get to the point where you wonder, is this going to drag on to the point where it's going to be along the lines with pitchers and catchers reporting for spring training? That I don't know. Um, but it, it's been a pretty confusing offseason all around. Like, everyone thought the market was waiting for Shohei Otani. Then everyone thought the, the market was waiting for Yamamoto. And then now everyone thinks it's waiting for the Boris Big Four. And um, like honestly, if you look at if you look at some of these players, like I mean, Bellinger's got questions around him. Um, I mean, in terms of his production coming off the injury or off of his injury in LA. Um, and then you have Blake Snell and his production that are that's coming the not so young years. Um, I mean, Jordan Montgomery seemingly is waiting. Uh, well, I mean, it's like you would think the Rangers TV situation because like you would like with Montgomery the Rangers make so much sense for him but yet like they don't have the TV deal figured out yet and that's kind of holding things up with him you would think the Red Sox he's in their backyard you would think with him being in the Red Sox's backyard um, that they would make a move but it's just what a confusing offseason for the Boston Red Sox and I've gone into that plenty. Uh, I don't need to say it anymore, but it just sucks. But what I'm trying to say is that um, he represents a lot of talented players, but there's questions surrounding him or surrounding those players. And I think that's part of the reason why none of these teams are stepping up to meet those pretty steep asking prices.
1: Yeah, it's, again, January 30th two days away from february two weeks away from pitchers and catchers like the comment section is mentioning this is not the time of the winter that i thought we would be hearing about blake snell wanting 270 million dollars like i thought that would be a december storyline and we'd have that resolved by now and it would be like haha that was a big first ask but we all agreed to settle on 170 and now blake snell's a giant or an angel or whatnot but no We're still hearing about that big first ask because the needle has not publicly moved at all. Uh, Luckily, Bob Clapish on the Yankee side of things did publish something this morning that essentially said the Yankees that five-year $150 million offer from, I guess three weeks ago, they're done. They're moving on. That's not on the table anymore, et cetera. So hopefully that clears up some Yankee Snell related consternation. We can move on to the other interested teams, But the fits are still pretty obvious with all of these guys and yet we haven't been able to move anywhere. Snell, you know, Angels, Giants, Mariners, all make a lot of sense. Chapman, Cubs, Giants, I get it. Bellinger, you know, Angels, Padres if they want to clear the deck. The Yankees did get connected to them via a Mark Feinstein article last week that the comment section is referencing. That one doesn't make any sense to me, especially after Trent Grisham and Alex Verdugo showed up but the connection was made and then montgomery like you said the rangers the two parties have been waiting for each other all along but also the rangers signed david robertson you know jordan montgomery's knocking on the door at fenway park offering to move bags to spring training and the red sox are still doing like la la la, we can't hear you bullshit like i'm i'm quite i think i'm most tired of the montgomery market just because there are two obvious fits there one of those obvious fits needs to spend to placate the fans in boston and yet February, and they're still kind of kicking the tires on, I don't know, mystery quantities and, and watching Justin Turner go to Toronto.
2: Yeah, and like, and sticking with the Red Sox here, honestly, like, I think Ken Rosenthal said it really well in foul territory, because AJ Pierzinski asked him, are the Red Sox even trying? And Rosenthal just responded with no. And honestly, it, it feels that way. And if I was a Red Sox fan, I'd be incredibly frustrated, because that's a team big market, you're used to them being in contention and being in the race to represent the American league in the world series. In this year, it seems like they're going to be like on the outside, looking in for a, for a playoff spot here. And, and obviously like there's been speculation from other reporters about Alex Cora's future in Boston and like where it could end up being. And if he could end up being this year's version of Craig council, if that team is not, um is not spending big in for agency and they're playing to be mediocre which honestly at this point with the way that they've spent kind of feels like that's the way that they're trending um could that entice Cora to further explore outside options that's me just speculating um that's not me saying any sourced information there but honestly like it's a valid thought and you, it, it makes you wonder it really does and Uh, It's just really unfortunate. And as I've said consistently on this podcast, I just feel bad for the Red Sox fans. Like They deserve a whole lot better than that.
1: I think there's been an unfair conflation, too, between uh, the Red Sox spending situation and the Red Sox roster. Like you said, I do think they're headed for mediocrity right now. But that's not because they don't have talent on the roster.
2: Valid, yeah.
1: They have a roster that if ownership entered this offseason, looking at the current core and the prospects mm-hmm. and saying, this is an 82-83 win team, maybe if the, you know everything goes right and the doors get blown off, it's an 87-88 win team, let's supplement it. Let's get Jordan mm-hmm. Montgomery. Let's get one more bullpen arm. They could easily make a wildcard run, and wildcard teams make the World Series sometimes. But the way ownership is treating things right now, they're looking at a solid, average to solid roster and saying, let's hold. Like, we're not going to hit on 14. And that's why people are so confused about what the Red Sox are doing. No disrespect to the roster. Roster's not bad. But they're not doing what they need to do to make the roster better and get it over that hump.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you, like, you're spot on with that. And, and like, that's the thing is a Montgomery type would be so big for them because, one, he's proven he can pitch in the AL East. Two, he's proven he can pitch in postseason games. And three, he just he just won a World Series with the Rangers, and he was an instrumental part with that with that roster. And uh, it's frustrating overall. I, I feel bad because, like, the, the roster, it is talented, and that farm system, Heimbloom did a good job of building it back up. And as soon as he built it back up, they booted him out the door. And, yeah, it's – like, I'll tell you, like, Heimbloom like, – I mean, obviously there was things that he could have done better in Boston. I don't think there's any – like there's any denying that but i just if if i wonder how much of what was done there was done because of ownership and it just it sucks and the full throttle comment by ownership there and then rescinding it um that would also be a banner phrase throughout the, the remainder of the season here um just because it's just it just it sucks it sucks it really does suck
0: every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars limited time only price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer single item at regular price Ba ba ba
1: yeah no coincidence that they walked that back after season ticket money was due and i know some people maybe don't want to say that but i'll go ahead and say that i mean bill simmons just tweeted Ever refill a rental car's tank with the crappiest gas possible before you turn the car in. That's what the Red Sox owners are doing in 2024. They're clearly selling the team. So who knows? It's an interesting take. Um, but we shall see. Uh not to bag on the Red Sox too too much. Uh Thank you. Uh, yeah, I've been working on that for a while. Uh, it's about time. I'm going un- to unveil these niche impersonations one by one on the Baseball Insider podcast. Um, we won't bag on the Red Sox any longer, and we do have to wait uh, for significant updates on these Boris folks. Might as well turn to the things that have gotten done in the last few days since we've had a show. Justin Turner to the Blue Jays. Rumblings began in earnest publicly last night, at least This morning, uh, shout-out to Carlos Baerga, had this one first, and Justin Turner goes to the Jays for one year. Uh, Significant money, too. That's over $13 million to serve as Toronto's DH, third baseman. You know, they're losing Chapman, but he probably won't play the field much, slash veteran leader. He proved last year in Boston before his body broke down, he can still hit. I like. I think some Blue Jays fans are split on this fit, maybe because they wanted Soler, but I know what Turner can do to a clubhouse, and I like him in the lineup.
2: Oh, I like them a lot too. And and the contract overall isn't it's it's not bad. And it's a one-year deal. It supplements it, like it adds to the roster and it adds to the lineup and that's something that team desperately needed after adding primarily defense first guys uh, earlier in the offseason here and I don't dislike the deal at all. I think it was a good move by them. And I'm seeing comments in here in the chat asking are the Blue Jays done? Honestly, they, they should not be, and I don't think they can be. And like that team, there's loads of talent. You have Bo Bichette under contract, um, you have Vlad Jr. under contract, and each of them are being paid before they end up getting their big deals, uh, either in free agency or via extension. And if there's ever a time to add players on short term contracts at a high AAVs, I think that would be now, or even adding another big contract to the roster. I think that time should be now. And I don't know if it's a Chapman. I don't know if it's a Bellinger. I don't know if it's a trade, but they can't be done. Um, And I don't don't think they're done. But if that is actually going to be it for the for uh, for the Blue Jays, that would be pretty underwhelming. But as I said, I don't think they're done. Um, I know um, I know they've poked around on a couple of different things. I can't remember them off the top of my head. But I know I know Ross Atkins is still trying to do some different stuff. He's having different conversations with, with folks around the league. Um, but I, I think this is not the end of what they're gonna do this offseason. I feel um I feel confident in that. And just based on looking at the roster, I feel like the roster overall shows that they cannot be done.
1: What about the rest of these DH types though? Because Turner fills this spot, presumably. Uh, Daniel Kern in the comments mentioning Soler's fit. JD Martinez is still yet to find a home. Uh, Brandon Belt, maybe a tier below Joey Votto, Adam Duvall, who you know we thought about hey, narrowing it down to the Angels and Red Sox maybe a couple weeks back, but that's still floating. Uh, do the dominoes start to fall there? You know, teams like the Mets, Marlins, Angels, it feels like there are a lot of uh, rotating chairs that could get involved in that market. Um, is Turner singular or does he signal momentum here?
2: I think he's singular. I really do. And there was a report the other week that Duvall was down to the Angels and the Red Sox. I don't believe that was the case. I think that was um, – I, I, those teams are definitely involved for sure, but I, I believe there's, there's still – there's other teams that are involved there. Uh, Martinez was definitely a player who was of interest for the Diamondbacks, but after they ended up getting Jack Peterson, I don't know if that's going to be the direction that they go in. Uh, or if they have the money to pull that off. Um nothing confirmed there, but um who is who is the other one that you ended up mentioning? Oh, you mentioned Joey Votto. Yeah, he's definitely Belt a player Votto. of interest. Yeah, he's definitely a player of interest to the Angels. That much I know. There's I want to say there's about three or four teams involved there total um at this point. And then who is some of the other DH options available now?
1: Oof, I don't know. I Martinez, yeah. Soler, Belt, yeah.
2: Yeah, so uh Horacio Soler like His market, I don't think, has picked up quite yet. Um, I, I'm struggling to figure out where the fit is because you have um, you have the Diamondbacks who, who went in a different direction. They got Jack Peterson. You have the Blue Jays now getting Justin Turner. I don't think that would preclude them from going out and getting Solaire. Um, so, I mean, you never know there. But I, I've also heard there's another team that's in on Solaire. I don't know necessarily what team that is. Um, but it is not surprising in the slightest that there's outside interest between, or in addition to those, uh, the, the Diamondbacks and the Blue Jays there for Solaire. I don't think anything is imminent, as, at least as of last check. Um, but as, as we learned on one of the most recent podcasts, I was asked, Are the Pirates close to anything? And I said, No.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That was factually accurate at that time. That was, that was accurate. The Pirates were not close to anything. And then all of a sudden, like within two hours, a couple of phone calls were made and a deal was closed. It legitimately can happen that fast, folks. So I, I got dunked for it on Twitter, I rightfully so, because the timing of that looked pretty suspicious. But I am here to tell you that deal happened relatively quickly. There was a lot of interesting things that happened behind the scenes with that one. And I can confidently say the Milwaukee Brewers – were very interested in a role this Chapman. they they very much liked him. Ethan Fisher, I forgive you I, I forgive you. I know Adam e- ended up instigating you tweeting that video. Um, so Adam is the one to blame no, I'm just kidding no one's here to blame besides me um, but yeah the deal legitimately happened that quickly. it was it was pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, we got memed. We showed up on uh, Ethan, tweet us, and the Cespedes Barbecue account got us. I was doing the clap. I was doing, like, remember when Brendan Fraser was at the Oscars and he was like, it was like a crazy clap. Like, I feel like I got memed like that because I immediately was like, (laughs) and then, of course, Chapman goes down. uh, And, you know, that's, uh, look. we all make mistakes. Sometimes we all laugh too loud. Sometimes we dance like no one's watching. Uh, It's important that we all remember we're on camera at all times, and sometimes when we request people to clip stuff, they will. Um, you want to talk about? You want to talk about something that was uh, given people eyeball emojis yesterday throughout the day? Uh, it was sort of an open secret that there was maybe something brewing in Seattle. Uh, a lot of Mariners folks dropping eyeballs on Twitter, and sometimes that's nothing, and sometimes it's something. And yesterday, it led to Jorge Polanco netting a borderline top one hundred prospect in Gabriel Gonzalez for Minnesota. How do we feel about the Polanco fit in Seattle and? What's next for this Minnesota team that is threading the contention and importing prospects needle pretty spectacularly right now? Uh, they've got Julienne, they've got Wallner and they've got all these guys ready to move in Brooks Lee getting the call up soon probably. Uh, so it makes me think like Polanco first out the door, Max Kepler on the market. It feels like those guys are paired and now one is officially gone.
2: No, exactly, and and there was incline. There was indications all day yesterday that the Mariners were cooking something. It started with a couple of tweets from some Mariners podcasters who have broken some stories here uh, throughout the off season. So credit to them for being on top of that. Um, and the fit there always made a lot of sense. I thought it was going to either be Polanco or I thought it was going to be Jonathan India. Honestly, I didn't think it was going to be Dylan Cease, despite some recent rumors, because. Acquiring Cease and then trading one of your young starting pitchers would seem to be uh, not exactly the smartest move, Um, but maybe I'm missing something. Who knows? But um, I thought this deal was really smart for the Mariners because it filled perhaps one of their biggest needs. And that was a third baseman, because I said consistently on this podcast and I said it on foul territory that there was no way that they could end up having. Uh, Luis Urias is their everyday third baseman and that fills that need. It gives them an established person at third and it, it gives them it's, it further bolsters their roster. And it's been a really odd offseason overall for the Mariners who have traded some of their, some of their best players from last year, um, shedded payroll and looked like they were just trying to just clear payroll room. And now now they're adding to the roster. they, parted ways with Anthony Desclafini, who now goes to the twins. And I think the the move that I'm looking for now is the twins in getting Desclafini. they ended up getting money back from the Mariners in the deal. And I think it gives them, I want to say it was around five or 6 million bucks um, or it shedded that much from their payroll, at least uh, from the money that came back from the Mariners. So I'm wondering what will they do with that move or with that fresh money now because last year they Dan Hayes made a really good point and saying with the money saved last year, they got Donovan Solano. Um, I, who knows what they can end up doing now with that, with that additional room. I think they're, they're a team to possibly watch. I'm awful with pronouncing names. Lolo, my, my bad, my bad. Yeah. I mean, but anyways, um I think that's something to watch here in the next week or two Um or maybe just until uh, the regular season starts but the twins now have some some money to play with and i would expect them to add um at some point here
1: everyone's favorite boy meets world character mr desclafini is now in the twins rotation um there is uh there's a dylan cease angle too and one of the comments did bring up dylan cease just because there was a bob nightingale report about hey you know maybe the mariners maybe that's a cease thing we got to I think it over like that was I think Sunday afternoon and then of course the Mariners do make moves yesterday uh any thought that he's getting any closer to being moved before the season or are we still thinking cease Burns maybe Bieber maybe Tristan McKenzie let's have ourselves a free-for-all at the deadline
2: I'm thinking it's gonna probably end up being a deadline thing and it things can change with one phone call but the White Sox are in no hurry to move Cease because they don't have to be because they can, they have them under contract for two more years um, and they can be patient. They can move them at the deadline and still get an absolute haul in return for them. So this is not a case of where um, they have to move them this offseason. And, and Jimmy Flynn, I could not disagree with you more um, that Chris Getz is not fumbling the Dylan Cease market. He is not doing that at all. Um, he's being patient. He's not taking a deal to just take a deal because taking a deal just to take a deal is often when the worst deals are made. And well, yeah, I, I just I, I applaud him for being patient because there's a lot of fan pressure to move him. And they've made it very clear when he ended up presenting options with Cease um, most recently when he was talking to reporters, one of the options that he left out was keeping Cease. So it's either a matter of they trade him now or they end up trading him at the deadline, in my opinion. And... I'd expect him to go, um, but it just—it's taking longer than some people think. But you know what? The deadline is going to be when some of those teams are going to be most aggressive and most desperate, and that is when he can clearly win the deal. I think that's—I think that's something that is in their minds for sure.
1: I still think he is an Oriole. Um, look, we all know the Orioles have an incredible farm system. Timeout. Time
2: time Timeout. Jordan Gilmore. I'm not saying that Cease is staying. I'm saying long term, he is not going to be with 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 the White Sox. I'm saying a trade just might not happen this offseason, But I think a trade at the deadline is absolutely firmly in play. And I would be stunned if Cease stayed in Chicago
1: long term. So so there we go. Yeah, there you go. No bullshitting. Um, yeah, yeah I think the uh I, I the O's like we all know the Orioles have a great farm system. But it just becomes all the more obvious. I don't know if anybody sat and watched MLB Pipeline's top 100 reveal, but it was like uh, the top 30 was just like, Oriole, Oriole, uh, take a break for a couple guys. We'll put another Oriole in there. Like, who has the best power in the minors? I don't know. It could be Kobe Mayo. It could be Samuel Basalo Like, Oriole, Oriole, Oriole. The whole Heston Kerstad, the whole top 40 was young, offensive Orioles prospects. So if we get into desperation mode, it's the deadline. The O's need to, you know, push that throttle forward. Sorry, Boston. Just figure out which of the guys you want to keep long-term, like Jackson Holliday staying, obviously, but Couser, Mayo, Kurstad, Basalo, like pick, pick two and go ahead and get yourself Dylan Cease because you can't actually play seven different power-hitting 23-year-olds. That's actually not going to happen.
2: No, no. And and like the, the, the Orioles absolutely have to go get a starting pitcher. Like their, their rotation right now says like they have to, and there's, yeah, they, they just have to go get another starting pitcher. And maybe it it has, it might have to be just two starting pitchers and maybe it's Dylan Cease, maybe it's Michael Lorenzen, maybe it's someone else on the market. Um, but the the Orioles have to do something. And speaking of Michael Lorenzen, him and Noah Syndergaard recently held a workout uh, or a bullpen session for teams. There was about 15 teams involved. And I was told that both of them looked pretty good. And another one that held a workout recently, I believe was Eric Lauer. Um, And so like there's there's some of these for agent pitchers who are throwing for teams, throwing bullpen sessions. um, And I, I think Lauer, I think Lorenzen is I, – I think he's going to end up getting um, some pretty strong interest following that workout because I just heard he was pretty impressive. Same with Lauer, who is drawing interest from the Padres and the Pirates, among others. Uh, I don't believe that is out, so that's a YouTube exclusive here. Um, but, yeah, I'll tell you, like, um, but I would expect – like the, st- the start. there's so many starting pitching options available right now. I would expect that market to have to get going at some point because really like we're two weeks away from spring training and pitchers can catchers reporting. It just, it's gotta happen at some point, but it's just, it feels like the rest of the off season is just gonna be a slow trickle, kind of like how it's been for like the last week or so or throughout the entire off season really.
1: And before we field a couple more questions, it does feel like there's still one market that is yet to be resolved, shocker, Uh, the bullpen market and and Hector and Harris chooses the Cubs over the weekend, it's just one year, 9 million. He's, uh, you know, 35, the velocity declining a bit, some worrisome walk stuff, but still one year, 9 million for a guy that seemed highly coveted. You noted like, hey, I don't think this is going to do what you guys want it to do to the bullpen market. Like this is too team friendly to move the bullpen market as much as we want it to move. Uh, so I'll use this as a jumping-off point to say what is going on there. And there have been several comments in a row about Kenley Jansen. It feels like as that market stagnates, and Ryan Stanek and Phil Maton and Ryan Brazier are all still untouched. Uh, Wandy Peralta, Keenan Middleton, uh, is there any chance that the Red Sox and an interested party just jump the line and get a Kenley deal done to you know take advantage of all these needy teams?
2: Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of teams who need like a high end leverage closing type reliever. And uh, you couldn't, at this point, you can't do better than Kelly Jensen. And I think a team like the Dodgers makes a whole lot of sense. And obviously he's familiar with LA from playing there for much of his career. So you would think he'd probably be open to it. Um, but I don't know of any other teams who are interested in Jensen. Um, so I get, I'm just saying, I, I don't know. Um but the reliever market for sure is has plenty of options here and I'd expect it to get going. I would not be surprised if we had one today um, or even maybe at some point tomorrow, but um, I I think there's going to end up being some movement there. And um, a guy like, so I've said it consistently Keenan Middleton is definitely a player who is of interest to the Yankees. And I think that fit makes a whole lot of sense. Um, Nothing has been close to my knowledge Um, but there's other parts of the market that are like other teams that are strongly looking at bullpen help as well. I can confidently say that one team that is still in the market for, for bullpen help is the Chicago Cubs for everyone who's in this for asking about the Cubs. Cubs are in fact, looking at bullpen help. Um, there's a plenty of other teams like the Yankees are in the Mets, uh, the Cardinals. I mean, there's plenty of teams that are trying to add to the bullpen. Um, and I, that's, there's plenty of options available and I would expect that market to continue to go. Um, there's also some stuff in my notebook that I really wanna share here.
1: I was just gonna tee you up cause I know you got some stuff in there and I even see some Dodgers fans asking about James Paxton. And I know you maybe got a little something you wanna touch on in that department.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna give you guys a James Paxton deal. Cause I just got, I got the breakdown of it earlier today. And I, this is something I wanted to share here in the show. Cause I thought it was, I thought it was pretty interesting. So there's so James Paxton, his base salary in 2024 is four million dollars. And his signing bonus is for three million. And I'm just this is gonna be numbers heavy. So I'm just bracing you guys for that right now. No. <laughs> there is so six hundred thousand dollar bonuses each for six, eight, 10, 12, and sixteen games started. And then an additional one million for eighteen games started. And there's also and this is uh, I don't remember ever seeing like incentives quite like this but two million if he's on the 26 man roster on either March 20th which is a Korea series or um, on March 28th and if he's not on the 26 man roster for either he gets a 1 million dollar 26 man roster uh, on on or before uh, April 15th and finally he gets two million bucks for 20 games started if he's not on the roster, March 20th, 28th, or before April 15th. So there we go. We got that. Um, I thought that was really interesting considering, I mean, there's no deferred money in that deal, but the fact that they got the base salary at 4 million bucks for that deal is a pretty good, uh, is a pretty good deal. And it just adds to their, um, to their creativity this winter um, in terms of contract structure. And uh, another one is I can confidently say that AJ Preller is not sleeping. Um, he is, he is trying for stuff. I know he is, uh, looking at the pitching market among other things. Uh, they could also use another left-handed bat in that lineup. And, um, yeah, like Preller, um, you know him, he's been quite inactive for most of the winter. I think that silence is, uh, it, it might be pretty close to being over. So we'll, we'll see there. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he's trying some different things here that, that I've heard.
1: I also know you had Greg Allen to the Yankees earlier today. Does that take the Yankees out of the Bellinger market? it's seems, <laughs> it seems like a redundant player.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. Like, Greg, Greg Allen, Yankees, Padres, Pirates, you know what legend. I mean, he's played for a lot of different teams. But, he, yeah, he came back for the Yankees. Um, and, yeah, it's my league deal. It, if he's in the majors, it pays $1.1 1. 1 bucks, And, honestly, not a bad deal, not bad depth. Um I, I can see why the Yankees ended up bringing him back. But I will say, like, the the Bellinger connection there for the Yankees kind of caught me off guard. I'm curious what you think, Adam, because uh, you're closer to the Yankees uh, than I am here.
1: It's bizarre world to me. I think it's it's very Borisy, and we know the Yankees have been used a lot and kind of let themselves be used. I said this on the Yanks Go Yard show. I feel like if Cody Bellinger – obviously, he, he wanted to hit free agency this year coming off the massive year in Chicago – But if he was hitting free agency next offseason when the Yankees might have an opening at first base and they're going to lose Verdugo and, you know, they got got Soto floating around, he would make a lot more sense as a Yankees target next winter. Unfortunately for the fit, he's on the market now. I mean, fortunately for Bellinger, he should still do fine, but I don't really foresee uh, the Yankees getting a backup first baseman, outfielder without a home, slugging DH potentially – Seems like a poor fit this year, better fit next year, but he's available this year, so I don't get it.
2: No, exactly. I, I'm 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 totally with there with you. I don't I don't see it, but who knows? I mean, maybe maybe what happens with Stroman happens with Bellinger and it goes to the price where the Yankees are comfortable. Who knows? Can't rule anything out, but I would be surprised there. Uh kind right. I have the I have the breakdown of the Reese Hoskins deal if you're interested. Because I don't know yeah, if that's I, out
1: I was gonna toss it to that question as well, just because talking about that deadline frenzy, pretty clear signal that we might have been waiting for that the Brewers intend to go for it and then reassess at the deadline. Um, mm-hmm. Devin Williams, Corbin Burns, you know, stay on stay on the line, you know, don't leave. But you're you're here in Milwaukee for now. I've been a big believer in Hoskins for a while. I thought he was gonna be a great candidate. To have a huge year for somebody on a one-year deal, I was a little surprised he got two, but good for him.
2: Yeah, I will say, like, it, it made it was it was a good deal for the player, um, and like the breakdown of it overall. So in 2024, he gets 12 million bucks. 2025, there's an 18 million dollar player option, uh, which includes a four million dollar buyout, and then for 2026, there's an 18 or 18 million dollar mutual option. Uh, not, not $18, 18
1: He's not million. picking that up. He's not picking no. up the 18 buck
2: option. No. And like, I mean, it's, it was a good deal for Hoskins, good deal for the Brewers. And it, as you said, it absolutely signified that the Brewers are not going to be trading Burns or Adamas this winter. Cause you can't sign Hoskins and then trade one of those guys. Cause that's counterintuitive. Like this to me signals that they're going to go for one, one last run with it. And then, who knows what happens at the deadline or who knows what happens next winter. But um, I I applaud the brewers and that ownership overall um, for trying to, trying to win. Um, I'll tell you, that's going to be a very interesting and fun race between the brewers and the Cubs there for that division. So we'll see, by the way, I'm getting a lot of angels questions. Angels fans, you guys are relentless. I'll give you that. And I respect that wholeheartedly here. Um, I like the, the angels have absolutely poked around on a big move. Um, but I, at this point, don't necessarily expect that to happen. Uh, I think that's kind of trending toward unlikely. Can't rule anything out because as I was literally reminded about 45 minutes before this podcast, um, it all depends on how Artie Moreno wakes up that day. And it is, Yeah, he's as unpredictable as they come. But as of right now, I think a big move for the Angels is unlikely. I think they continue to still add to that roster for sure. Um, But I just don't expect it to be a big move. But maybe like a J.D. Martinez type is possible. That maybe, I don't know. But like a Blake Snell or a Cody Bellinger, I think at least at this point is unlikely.
1: But certainly Votto is still on their radar as uh, people are are asking. We we addressed that mid-show. But just to reiterate, certainly still a potential connection there. Uh, Shout out to all of our commenters. Thanks for joining us as always. Uh, Even if you're just showing up to say angels question mark, we still, uh, we love you. We appreciate you. Um, You guys are the best. I mean, yeah, I wish we had a, you know, I see some Phillies questions. I see some Tigers questions. Not sure if there are any updates there that feel pertinent to this moment. Shout out to the Tigers for locking up Colt Keith though. Uh, Scott Harris putting his stamp on things, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, before we sign off, I guess, seeing a lot of Philly, seeing a lot of Tigers, seeing a little Giants. Um, any of those names spark joy or are we all just sort of in a holding pattern there?
2: Yeah. Giants like I mean, they were absolutely in on Reese Hoskins that I that I can confidently say. And it makes you wonder if they would end up pursuing a guy like a, a J.D. Martinez or a Jorge Soler type. Um, That's just me speculating. But considering that they were in on Hoskins, I think that would make sense. Um, I also think another starting pitcher for the Giants can make some sense too, because you can't have too many options for the, for the starting rotation there. Um, what the other team was the Tigers you said, or you asked?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I, I can honestly say I have not heard much, if anything about the Tigers in this case. So if I said it, I knew anything
1: I'd be lying. Well, good job on getting Keith done. Uh, we will see everybody back here, uh, probably Thursday, but we'll keep everybody posted 3 30 eastern is the time of the show uh again make sure to join us we've got chats going between shows where information is shared but we'll give what we can on thursday's show next show subscribe while you're here turn those notifications on make sure you uh you stay in tune with the show and make sure you keep appraised when we're going live because we got a we got, a, we got a lot to unpack and, and I like when moves go down between shows. It it helps uh it helps when we're not just talking about like checking our watch or the NFL or things not related to baseball. Uh, because we are the baseball insiders and we like to have fun, but it's definitely more fun to break down moves than it is to break down silence.
2: Yeah, because it's basically just been total silence throughout the entire winter, and it's it's been a pretty frustrating offseason overall, and I I get it like and I I've seen Phillies Weekly asking about the Phillies and saying that we missed the Phillies. Like I mean, it's possible they could end up pursuing another starting pitcher. Um, but that is honestly like I mean, that's the only thing I've necessarily heard with the Phillies. They ended up getting um that what that was that starting pitcher from the Braves was it Allard, I don't think yeah. it was. Colby um, Allard deal. No, exactly. So I mean it's I think that what they ended up doing um, in getting Aaron Nola done, that was going to be their big move, unless they ended up getting Yamamoto, which I think that was a case of – that was a rare player. And obviously, Dave Dombrowski values rotation help. Um, so that was that was yeah. always something I thought the Phillies could end up being in on. But I think the, the thing to really watch for um, between now and in the end of spring training for Philly is a Zach Wheeler extension. I think that is something that is certainly something to keep an eye on for sure.
1: That Aaron Nola deal feels like fucking 2004 at this point. Jesus Christ. I can't believe it. Yeah, it
2: absolutely does. It's it's remarkable how long ago that feels. It is, it's pretty wicked.
1: Well, shout out to the Phillies for getting that done. It's even more important now that the best other pitchers are still languishing on the market. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, we will see you next show. Again, subscribe, like this video, turn those notifications on. Uh, we could not do the show without Robert Murray. Uh, even though sometimes we get clipped and aggregated, uh, I think it's still probably worth it. We're gonna keep doing the show. Uh, thanks, Robert. Thanks for thanks for helping us out again, man.
2: And no, I appreciate you, Adam. I appreciate you doing the show with me. I appreciate everyone who's watching, uh, who watched and commented. Uh, Sean Daly, thank you for producing the show as always. You're the man. And uh, we'll see you guys on on what Thursday, Adam.
1: I think we'll be back here in two days. We'll load up the, uh, the old outline. We'll see what we got. We'll see what's in the notebook. And uh, we'll catch everybody on this channel when we're ready. So take care, everybody. Thanks for showing up. Hell of a comment section today. Love to see you all back here on Thursday.